they charge me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. Good morning, fellow patriots, and welcome back to another episode of Allegedly Bravo, the podcast where we talk about all things reality crime. I'm Cash. And I'm Lauren. How are you? Fabulous. I'm getting ready to jump on a plane, jet set. Oh my going to God. San Diego. How are you doing? I've been better. Um, I guess it's time to just rip the bandaid off. Got my bar results last night. Did not pass again. Um, so I'm just going to be laying in bed, licking my wounds, feeling sorry for myself for about another day. And then I got to get over it. Yeah. And you're entitled to that. Thank you. <laughs> I think I speak for everybody that we are so sorry. I know it's difficult. I've been with you from the beginning and I feel like it gets more and more difficult each time. I agree. And everybody's, <laughs> everybody's rooting for you. Thanks. And you know what? People take the bar dozens of times. You guys, just for preface, like for people out there who may not, you know, be in the legal field and they're maybe having a judgmental thought of like, what the heck? Like she's a shame. She's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to let you know that when I was working at the DA's office, I worked with two girls, both went to very prestigious law schools and they took the bar five times. I mean, it's just so brutal. Um, And they both really quickly, just those, they both are incredibly smart, intelligent, just like Lauren. And it really has nothing to do with the lawyer that you're going to be. It's I, it doesn't. And the thing that just like, I think rubbed the salt in my wounds, like bad. And I I wonder if other people who didn't maybe pass the bar feel the same way. I'm pissed that the California bar let Tom Girardi be an attorney for so long and get away with stealing. And I'm just sitting here like, okay. (laughs) How dare you? Like, Talk about a lack of judgment. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm licensed by them, but I know we're here to have fun, you guys. And that's we're what we're going to do. Well, you know what? We're going to try to do that today because we are talking about a, a rough topic. Um, before we get started, though, you want to do you want to let everyone know where they can find us? Oh my Wait, is that, gosh. Is that now or it's now and at the end? Cause we got to tell oh, okay. people twice <laughs> all about us. So everybody follow us on Instagram at allegedly Bravo, A L L E G E D L Y Bravo. It's so fun on Instagram. We have fun. We hope you have fun. We our Twitter is at allegedly Bravo And, um, oh, our Patreon, I'm just uploading. I was in the process right before, um, we started recording of moving some of the documents that we've sourced over to Patreon so that our patrons can take a look at what it is we're talking about. Yeah. Um, And our Patreon is awesome. We do some deep dives into our Salt Lake city episodes that come out every week. We also do some more personal episodes. Lauren and I just dropped two episodes one for each of us of 73 questions where we get a little bit more personal. It's fun. And I think there's more to come on that. I I I thought that was, I thought that was nice. Yeah, it was really nice. And it's like questions that I don't get to ask you. Like, I, you know, (laughs) no, but haven't said, um, okay. So we're going to talk about, unfortunately today, 
we have to talk about Astro World and we have to talk about the fucking nasty shit that went down. And, you know, we're all left wondering who can we point fingers at, who should have fingers pointed at them, who's liable for what. And, you know, obviously this cannot happen again. And, um, I think it's important that we, that we discuss it. Don't you? Yeah. And I think let's get started because it's a lot, it's, it's terrible. So I I think, so here's what I was kind of thinking, Cash, Mm -hmm. we didn't really talk about this before, but, um, I was thinking, um, let's talk about the elements of the two main things that these people are being sued for, which is negligence Mm -hmm. and inciting. And Mm -hmm. when we go through and talk about the facts of what happened, maybe if you could point out, or I could point out while we're talking about things that would go towards those elements. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And then um, I'll start with Franco Patino. I think we should start by naming the victims and just saying a little bit about each person. We can alternate. So Franco Patino was a 21-year-old senior at the University of Dayton in Ohio. He was majoring in mechanical engineering technology with a minor in human movement biomechanics. He was interested in prosthetics. And um, from what I read, his brother said he was interested really in helping people who had missing limbs. Oh, yeah. Um, The next is John Hilgert. He was 14. He was a freshman at Memorial High School outside of Houston. He was described as the type of kid who impacted everyone that met him. He was a good student and athlete athlete that played baseball and football. Um, 14. I know. And I do have some comments on that, but we'll save that for later. Yeah. Um, okay. This next young, too young of a person is Brianna Rodriguez. She was 16 and she was a student at Heights high school in Houston, Texas. She was a drill dancer in the band program. And she was described as someone who could always make anyone smile. Her family has a GoFundMe. Um, to cover funeral expenses and honestly, God, probably a lot of therapy. Um, so we'll link that in the episode description. And we have to remember too, is that a lot of these victims, I mean, you rarely ever do go to a concert alone. And so I think a lot of them were with family members or their friends. Friends, Yeah. And so the trauma that that's going to continue, continue to linger is going to be terrible yeah okay next is rudy pena 23 was taken to ben Taub hospital in houston where he was later declared dead his sister jennifer describes him as the sweetest person friendly and outgoing so he didn't immediately pass away at the concert um i think he was one of the ones that they were able maybe to resuscitate and then take him to the hospital later but the next person is danish Bag. Uh, no age was listed. He attended the festival with his brother, Basil, and his sister-in-law. I love he, that name. I know. Danish and Basil. I know. Me too. Um, he died as he tried to save his sister-in-law from the horrendous things that were being done. Um, that breaks my heart so yeah. much. Yeah. Okay. And then we have um, Jacob Jeranek, and I apologize if I mispronounced his name. 
Um, he was 20 years old. He was a junior at Southern U Illinois University, and he studied art and media and was on the dean's list. And this is what it's a common theme, I feel like, among these victims is that they were all great people. Yeah, it's who were very well loved, very well liked, very well respected members of the community who were actually doing things to better this world. And it's just really, really, really unfortunate. And, you know, I take like just to take that moment and think like sometimes I get really in my head. I don't know if you do, too, and think like there are so many bad people in this world. Mm -hmm. But then when tragedies like this happen and we're just listing people who are hailed as being kind and fabulous and good friends and hardworking people. It's like, it helps you remember that there actually are good people in this world. Mm -hmm. It's so unfortunate. It comes to this to, mm -hmm. for us to realize that. Yeah. Um, okay. The next victim is Axel Acosta. He was 21 years old. This one, ugh, none of them are good. This one makes me sick to my stomach. Mm -hmm. Um, Axel was unfortunately identified by his brother when the Harris County Institute of Forensic Science in Texas circulated a photo of a man they needed help identifying. His brother hadn't heard from him after the concert and the person that Axel went to the concert with told Axel's brother, hey, Axel didn't come home. We, we haven't heard from him. And the way they found out that he had passed was by identifying him his body from, yeah on media on social media and the next victim is madison dubisky she was 23 um she had attended the concert with her brother and the two eventually became separated during travis's performance and it was the last time he saw her Ugh, which that's... i i can't even imagine because especially as a brother Ugh. You know, know, where you're looking out for your sister and there was probably just an immediate, just, I mean, I think everybody can identify this when you are separated from somebody and that immediate fear that hits you it's and it's panic. a panic and to be in that large of a group with that many people, I can't even imagine how amplified that panic was. And then of course the result is just devastating, but I mean, sending thoughts and prayers to the, everybody's family, but I mean, especially the siblings that lost their brothers or sisters at concerts. Like, like, right in front of them. Ugh, I can't. I can't. Yeah. It makes my skin crawl. Um, okay. The most recent. Mm -hmm. um, this one's away. hard for me. I don't I mean, know why. It's just, it's hard. It's a hard one. So her name was Bahari Sahani. She was 22 years old. She passed away in the hospital this Wednesday, September 10th. I'm sorry, November 10th, 2021, nearly a week after she was separated from her sister and her cousin at Astroworld. Um, she was identified as the young woman in the videos that are so circulating around social media of the woman who fell off the gurney while being mm -hmm. transported by medical workers. Um, she ended up having several heart attacks and was attached to a ventilator in the ICU and, um, Unfortunately, she's succumbed. We'll be back after a quick break. Finding Ruby is the incredible true story of a 16-year-old tricked by a seemingly innocent Facebook message. A message that would lead her from the protection of the mountains to the nightmare of an online trafficking den. Her first message to me was like, 
Hi, are you looking for a job? Ruby is hidden from the world, from everyone except her abusers. But she isn't alone. There is a team of people looking for her, and they will stop at nothing to find her. This isn't just the fight of her life, it's their fight too. Search for Finding Ruby today. Yeah, and I think her parents had to make the decision to take her off the ventilator because she was brain dead. Yeah. And I have heard that she, this was her first concert. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. So, and the next victim is Ezra Blount. Is it Blount? Blount, Blount? I think. Blount. The nine-year-old, he is currently still in medically induced coma after being trampled. So thoughts and prayers to his family. And we hope that he makes the recovery. Um, It's just, this is it's it's so sad because it's when you go to a concert, you obviously want to go and have fun. You're living the best time of your life. Mm-hmm. You and your friends are getting ready, your family getting ready, like pre-gaming, You're taking pictures, just like all of the excitement leading up to it. And to have an outcome like this is just devastating. And we are going to get into it, talk about where things went wrong, why this happened, how did this happen? Um, so let's get into it. Okay. Um, so the defendants in this case, the people who at this point are being sued and trust me, there will be more are Travis Scott, mm-hmm. um, Drake live nation and score more. So Drake is obviously a performer. Travis mm-hmm. Scott is the one who put on Astro world live nation puts on these huge concerts and festivals and score more is an Austin-based concert promotion company. So I didn't know who they were before this. Um, So those are the four main people that are being sued at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're being sued for negligence. Generally, they're being sued for negligence and inciting a riot. So, Okay. Do you want to walk through negligence? Yeah, I'll walk through negligence. So a person is negligent when they have a failure to behave with the level of care that a reasonably prudent person would exercise under the same or similar circumstances. Oh my gosh. I like just triggered me right back to law school. Reasonably prudent person. <laughs> so basically we were taught in law school, the reasonably prudent person is like, what would Jesus do? Like, <laughs> what would Mr. Rogers do? Like the most shining star in the world, what would that person do? Like in the same or similar circumstances. So here we have to look at what would a normal concert yes, exactly. performer do? If, if I'm performing a concert, Adele's mm-hmm. performing a concert, obviously we're performing the same kind of concert. Like would, what would they do if, if what was happening was happening in front of them? So um, it requires the person to, or the person or the actor in this case, we're going to call him the defendant, which is Travis. Well, oh, uh-huh. but isn't the failure to behave with a level of care that a reasonably prudent person be that the prudent person in this case would be Drake, Travis Scott. Yeah. Those are the people we want to see what a reasonably prudent person in Travis Scott's position, yeah. a reasonably prudent person in Drake's position, yeah. a reasonably prudent live nation and mm-hmm. score more mm-hmm. yeah. in the same or similar circumstances, the same yeah. crowd surge, 
this like basically pluck Travis, flick him away, put in Britney Spears. She's fabulous. You know? Oh, she's been freed, by the way. She's been freed. Amen. Okay. Yeah. So now let's move on to duty, which is the first element of negligence. And so in this case, the defendant being Travis Scott, Drake, Live Nation, Scoremore, they owe a duty of care to those that are attending the concert. That means that they have to act reasonably to set up safety precautions to ensure, you know, the people that are present during the concert, um, there's no dangers. There's nothing that's going to put somebody's life at risk, right? That's just a good general, I guess, example. So people that owe um, a duty are defendants that engage in the creation of the risk that caused the harm. So Travis Scott engaged in the creation of the crowd surge that resulted in the injury of the people. That's where a duty is owed because someone incited a risk Um, or where a defendant volunteered to protect a plaintiff from harm and then failed to do it. Like if I volunteered to, oh, let me go get cash out of the water. She's drowning. Um, If I volunteer to do that, I need to finish through in some states. This is just generally. Um, Or if the defendant, in this case, Travis Scott knows or should have known that's important known or should have known that their Mm -hmm. conduct would cause a harm or, Mm -hmm. or in this case, and a death. Um, And also certain business people in business relationships, like uh, a hotel keeper and a hotel patron, a concert venue and a concert guest. Like, yep. There has to be a relationship. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a relationship between the defendant and the plaintiff. So in this case, the relationship that's been built is Travis Scott and the concert goers. Yes. And so it's requiring Travis Scott, Live Nation, all the defendants to act in a certain manner Mm -hmm. with a certain level of care toward the plaintiffs in this situation, which are the concert concert goers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that would be back to that standard of what a reasonable, prudent person would do, how that duty would. Yeah. Right. What would that reasonably prudent performer concert putter honor do? And basically the person, then the defendant has to breach this duty, this, this care that they owe to the the plaintiffs, the people around them. And that just means that they failed to meet their standard Mm -hmm. of care. Um, and that all of that has to cause an injury. It can't just, all of that can't just happen. And then nothing else results. The plaintiff has to result, has to suffer a bodily harm. Their property has to be harmed, whether that's like their clothing or Mm -hmm. their real property, their home. Mm -hmm. And sometimes emotional distress will meet the requirement of injury. I have a question for you. So generally this duty has been established because people have purchased tickets. Mm Mm-hmm. Correct. And so you've entered really into somewhat of a contract. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever flip over a ticket on the back, there's a disclaimer. And now obviously a lot of times it's on the internet. So my question is, does Travis Scott or any of the other defendants have a duty to those that snuck into the concert? Because it's similar to a fact pattern where you would have somebody, so you owed somebody a, a standard of care, like they were inside your store. You know, they were shopping, they were a customer, they were walking around. You would have to obviously make sure that the store was free of any type of danger, puddle, danger, hard, yeah, water on the floor. Giant knife in aisle three. Yeah, a step. Yeah. A steep step. But if that person trespassed, 
and you didn't know that they were there, it's like, does that duty exist? So the same question would then, I guess I'm posing to you is whether or not somebody who snuck in, snuck with in who technically was trespassing, whether or not there would be a duty there. So <clears throat> in, I would argue, yes, a thousand percent, the duty still exists because I think it's very well known and pretty standard that people will sneak into concerts. People will try to sneak into concerts. That's just people have done it. I've tried to sneak into concerts. A lot of my friends have been successful. You know, it's, it's just part of the game. And also I would say an assumption of risk of doing business. (laughs) It's just part of the game. Like, Hey, you're putting on a concert. People are going to people steal you. If you own a shop, people steal, you have to count that in part of your liability. It's just how the cookie crumbles. And also Travis Scott on his Twitter and other social media was that is very, yeah, was encouraging people. Hey, Mm -hmm. we're sold out. We don't fucking care. Come anyway. That's what I was going to say is that I think in this case, it might be, I think there would be a duty because of his prior behavior, past behavior, and this incitement of Mm -hmm. just crowd surge. And so, and telling people, Hey, we sold out, but we're not counting tickets. Just come through mm -hmm. like all the ragers come. Yeah. And so I I don't know. I just know. I thought that was an interesting it is interesting. It's to interesting think to think about, and it will be interesting to see if that issue arises, but yeah. Anyway. So breach means that the person in this case, it would be Travis Scott failed to meet the standard of care, failed to keep the concert goers safe, failed to not create a risk, you know, failed to protect mm-hmm. the people who were in the crowd. Um, and all of that causes an injury to the plaintiff. And mm-hmm. that's a bodily harm, a scratch, a missing limb, a rip of a shirt, mm-hmm. even emotional distress. Yeah. And I think there's something that we're, we also need to talk about is causation because that's a huge mm-hmm. element of negligence. And, yeah. and also we need to remember that each of these elements that we are going through are oftentimes have to be determined by a trier of fact, that being the jury. Yeah. Um, I would assume this is going to settle out of court because it, of I the, hope mm, not. because of them. I hope so because it's going to help. I think it will put alleviate some stress for the families because to litigate a case and draw That's it out, true. there's depositions. It goes I on just for years and so years. I'm so mad. I want him to be punished. We'll be back after a quick break. I'm Shannon Jimenez Sassone, a former NYPD misconduct investigator, a podcaster, and a videographer. I'm Nat W. I've been a social worker for a hot minute. Working alongside the police left us with more doubt than encouragement. Uh, we've tried in our career fields to be doers, and it still feels impossible. Is it even possible to work alongside the police and not be part of the police state? Fixing it does start with having the conversations. It's everything that you should know about the police. It's going to be a hard conversation, but it's a hard topic. Not an Arc podcast premieres Tuesday, January 17th on all streaming platforms. Well, we'll get into, yeah, we'll get into that. But I think that there might be, there's civil and there may be criminal charges because yeah. the, the Houston police chief came out and said that they're 
they've opened a criminal investigation. The homicide unit is looking into it as well as their narcotics, but just briefly about causation. So you have to have a cause, a causal link, right? Okay. So proximate cause relates to the scope of defendant's responsibility in a negligence case. So a defendant in a negligence case is only responsible for those harms that the defendant could have foreseen through his or her actions. So if a defendant has caused damages that are outside the scope of the risk that the defendant had foreseen, then the plaintiff cannot prove the defendant's actions were the proximate cause of the plaintiff's harm. So that means like the injury that the crowd sustained, it had to be Mm -hmm. foreseeable from like whatever Travis Scott did. It, it had to be like, Oh yeah, for sure. Someone will get hurt because of that. Not like, well, that's weird. Well, we have to remember like it was like an accidental death. Somebody, suffers a heart attack like mm-hmm. that the proximate cause there is no causal link because right. that person suffered a medical injury mm-hmm. or if somebody maybe just like trips and falls mm-hmm. there's no way travis could have known that would happen exactly like it would be much more difficult to litigate but in this case it's so important to remember that the actions of the defendant have been foreseen through his or the sorry the harm from the defendant could be foreseen from his actions exactly this is going to be so so difficult for Travis Scott to overcome because of, like we said, his past conduct and his, the incitement of violence, how he's been criminally charged, I think multiple times or inciting at other venues. Um, the Astral festival, they had very big concerns about, um, the amount of people that were going to be responding. They had, there was an email that chain that came out. I don't know if you saw that where the email came out and said, Hey, look, last year, people got so violent and so crazy in these areas surrounding the concert. Like we need to shut those down because it could happen again. Mm. So it's, it's not like this was a freak accident. Like we have to remember that festivals happen all the time. Right. And when have you ever, we've never had a casualty like this. No. I mean, in our, in, in my recollection, absent the, the Jason Aldean concert that happened in Vegas. Right. But I'm saying you know, where people it's as a result of the, well, we'll get, we'll get into that too. Um, the live nation of it Mm -hmm. all, but, but um, anyways, so the proximate cause, he's going to have a very, very, very difficult time overcoming that. I, there's just substantial evidence to prove that he was a causal link. There's video obviously out there. Right. Thank God we have technology. Thank God. Um, All these kids and their TikToks. Thank God. Yeah. Honestly. Because yeah. I don't think we would have seen the truth because I got to say, I have seen hardly any real news on this or real boots on the ground reporting mm-hmm. about it. And that's not okay, in my opinion. But it's and also so, very disturbing videos. Like, yeah, well, not so we've been talking about his past conduct, but we haven't really talked about what he did at the concert that night. Like he was telling people to push, 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 like push forward. Well, let's, let's tell people what the riot is and then go through the timeline of what, what, what people, what he did. Um, because he is also being charged or I don't know, not charged, um, accused at alleged Mm -hmm. of inciting a crowd Mm -hmm. and that bait. So there's two elements to that and it's defining a riot, which is the an act of violence by one or more people as part of a group of three people, like a gathering of three people. 
in which the bad acts are a clear and present danger or would result in damage or injury of another person. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it, it reminds me of like where two or more are gathered, God is there. If three or more are gathered, you're in a big assembly. And if one or more people starts being dangerous, you're inciting a riot. And this is a civil violence. This is civil. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I got this off of, um, the federal rules, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And then, or a riot could also be threat or threats of an act of violence by one or more people in the three people gathering mm-hmm. where the threat is able to be immediately executed. And that if they did perform that threat, it would be a clear and present danger that would result in injury. So it's, Either you do something that could cause injury or you're threatening to do something to cause injury. But that doesn't mean advocating for ideas like it doesn't count threats of like advocating for ideas or an expression of a belief as long as the expression of the belief doesn't involve the advocacy of violence. Like they want to still give you your First Amendment right to be able to share your ideas, even if they're bad ideas, you Mm -hmm. should still be able to share them. Um, Mm -hmm. But those should not cause an immediate threat of danger. It's as soon as there's a threat of immediate danger that Mm -hmm. it goes into inciting inciting the riot. Um, Okay. So now we know that what he's in, what he's in for. And that's a, that's a federal definition. And so there's a state definition as well and a local definition. And so Mm -hmm. I think this just goes to show that I mean, the gravity of what Travis Con Live Nation. I mean, I definitely think Live Nation is probably more at fault here. Oh my God. Um, but I also I also think Travis Scott's gonna be on the hook. And so it's I wonder how they're gonna divvy up the se- settlement. Like Well, let's hope there's money to divvy up. Well. I mean, the insurance policy was not that much. Okay, so it, well, for out the- of pocket. <laughs> Right. Exactly. It's like you're married to a billionaire will reach. Okay. Um, so the timeline of events at three 30 in the morning. Uh, so I guess this would be Friday morning, three 30 AM. All the fans start lining up, getting ready to go to Astro world. And the line is over a thousand people long and they've been there since three 30 in the morning. Oh. It doesn't even sound fun. I know. It reminds me of the Rose Parade. Have you ever been to the Rose Parade? Oh my gosh. We went to the Rose Parade a couple times and you like literally bring your sleeping bag and lean up against a 7-Eleven and wait for the roses to come through. You know, it's like an all night experience. It's, it's not that fun. I just don't enjoy being around people like that. So no, me neither. Um, okay. 10 AM, the gates open. This is the first report of trampling. Have you seen the videos? Yeah. So describe what you saw. The videos of when they open up the gates and like people just swarm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's, and the problem is, is that Travis Scott's demographic are very young adolescent boys, young adolescent teens, let's just say. Yeah. And also- Guys in like their early twenties, very yeah. rambunctious, rowdy people. Mm-hmm. And so I think with even out Travis Scott's 
personality on stage, I still think something like this would have happened, but not obviously in terms of this early trampling, because I mean, you even see it like when Kylie Jenner does makeup drops and like the skims Fendi drop that happened, like people are so intense and way too aggressive. And it's like, it it almost, it's concerning to me that people are so obsessed, but it is very concerning. you You have to realize like, the demographic of people that are being present, like there have to be extra security precautions because you know, like there, I'm sure there's a lengthy history of reports of people pushing down gates, trampling, Mm -hmm. trying to get in because that's his whole shtick. Like he loves people like the mosh pit, like that is Mm -hmm. his chaos. Yeah. Like he really brings this, this, he blends the mosh pit from rock into hip hop. And, and now who with kids doing drugs, it's just like, and drugs being readily accessible, it, that scares me as well. But I think that that should have been an alarm to security mm-hmm. uh, that like shit's popping off and it's only 10 o'clock. We've got 12 hours to go before Travis Scott takes or whatever time, you know? Right. <clears throat> At least 10 to 12, uh, 10, 10 to 12, 12 hours, hours before Travis takes the stage and people are knocking the barricades down and running over each other. People are knocking the barricades down, running after each other or running over each other. And then think about it. You're stand- like people that are running, bum rushing it to the stage. Like you are standing there for 10 to 12 hours mm-hmm. just exactly. waiting for the concert. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but like if I stand with oh my, my knees locked for a little too long, like Bye. I will get fainty. Mm-hmm. A thousand like, percent. Um, Daniel Stobbs' daughter, you know, oh, who was yeah. the model when she yes. was standing and she fainted. Stop. That's like so upsetting. Like that's what that's what I would be like. So I can't even imagine how dehydrated these kids were. Like exactly. That's the like the conditions leading up to the concert actually starting couldn't have been great. No. And no. you know, it's like you're desperate. You know, it's like, okay, you've been waiting in line since three o'clock in the morning. So you've already been there for seven hours. Ten o'clock, the gates open. You're running. And all you want to do, it's like if I waited for seven hours, like I will be at the front. Exactly. I, I mean, just, if you've been there since three 30 in the morning, no wonder people were pushing each other down. And, you know, th- of course, because people were bum rushing and just mm-hmm. like knocking people over, literally trampling on them, stepping on them. It was described as a free for all. The security wasn't checking back. No, security there's no security. Exactly. And at that point, it's just like the riots that we saw um, I don't want to make this political anyway, but the riots that we saw in 2020 post George Floyd, where you see a large group of people and then law enforcement having to take a step back, it, they outnumber the law enforcement. And so it's like security and law enforcement in this situation clearly outnumbered. It's like they truly can't do anything. You know, it's right. And I think it has to do with the fact that they were severely yeah. understaffed. Security even said we are severely understaffed. The people who were security, there are people who have done interviews saying, I got the job on Wednesday. I got trained, thrown into the gig on Friday, and I don't know what's going on. These are kids. They're getting paid literally the pay. It had somebody posted the um, link to where they applied for the job Mm -hmm. of the security company. And they were paying 10 to $13 an hour for these people. I'm sorry. That's not security. You're just hiring. Honestly, they're extras at that point. The thing is, is I think that there should be levels of security and like, it's fine to have 
the person that's making $15 an hour just there to have eyes on the crowd, right? And have radios that work. But then you also need some type of like command center, I think. A thousand percent. I've never been to an event where, okay, sure. I've been to events where you got the yellow shirt security and really those people are just like, says F exactly. Okay, fine. Those, those workers, they shouldn't have to even be subjected to the shit that these people were subjected to. They're not capable. It's okay. So anyway, the day goes on. The merch booth is completely rated. Um, yeah, completely. And and people are just fucking punching each other. It's chaos. It's chaos. The New York Times obtained a medical plan because the concert has to put forth a medical plan, like, you know, for catastrophes, because any catastrophes major happen, any major event. Um, so the medical provider of this concert that had 50,000 people that bought tickets, that doesn't count mm-hmm. the people who just came. Right. So at minimum 50,000 people, there were two doctors, six nurses, two paramedics, and nine okay. EMTs. To play devil's advocate in a situation where you would not have a crowd surge, just like any other festival, any other football game, this would be a sufficient amount of people to be present. Think about it 50,000 people, they attend a football game. That's like an average college football stadium or pro football stadium. Right. But in this case, we know that people literally get paralyzed at his concerts. Yeah. I don't think Travis Scott should be able to, to, I don't think Travis Scott's going to be able to perform for quite some time as a result of this. And I think there has to be a fundamental shift in the way that he operates. And I, me too. But I do think if you know that this is the kind of concert, it should never have been put put on. That's the problem. It should never have been put on the fact that it was and that they knew that there was that this artist thrives mm-hmm. off chaos and encourages it. I don't think two paramedics yeah. and nine EMTs are enough, uh, regardless of whether it's a football game or a concert. I guarantee you there's more than three ambulances at a football game just for the players. Mm. I've seen more than three. Think about one player gets down. That's two EM. That's yeah. one paramedic. One person passes out. That's another paramedic. One kid skins their knee. That's another paramedic. I mean, they have to be well, so many think, places. Yeah, I don't think a paramedic's going to help a kid that skinned his knee. But I think that it's. I mean, events, events, to me, events of large, large scale like this happen all of the time. It. I don't think it's mm-hmm. the volume of people there. It's the person that was performing and it was the person that was soaking the fire i do not like travis scott i do not like after seeing i mean i enjoyed his music before but after seeing the way he's performed in the past and then seeing this like i truly don't think he i know this is i personally it seemed like he did not care when he was performing on stage and i don't know if he's like i want to know i guess the level of impact this has had on him um because I think if he cared about his fans, I mean, he would have taken better safety precautions, like you said, because he knows that shit like this happens. But I just don't think it crosses his mind. And I don't think it crosses his whoever his team is, which is sad. It's terrible. OK, so it's 8.15 p.m. Travis Scott has mm-hmm. not performed yet. There's already been crowd surge and the medical staff already reports that it's overwhelmed. 
per the ve- mm-hmm. per venue medic. So 8.15 p.m., the performance hasn't even started yet. And just like they thought, this is underwhelmingly mm-hmm. understaffed. Um, now it's almost 9 p.m., okay? The countdown timer starts. It's a 30-minute countdown clock where it counts down Travis's set from like 8.30 to 9 o'clock, right? And people were complaining or discussing that the sounds that played during this countdown timer were like weird auditory mind fuck noises that like made them feel weird. (laughs) I'm going to say that's from TikTok. Okay. What I wasn't there. Whatever people felt is what people felt. Yeah. I'm like never done it, but I'm sure Molly does that too. And also like, I'm not talking shit on people who do drugs at concerts, like whatever, do your thing. As long as you're safe, you're not being a crazy person and you're not doing Mm -hmm. something like dangerous. You know what I mean? Okay. So an ICU nurse talks to CNN an ICU nurse that was there. And she says that all the people were just so compressed against each other. The crowd pushes forward. And one woman describes her experience during that time. This is still before Travis has even taken the stage. The crowd pushes forward. It surges. This woman passes out and she recalls having her body lifted up and crowd surfed. I saw so many videos of that happening to people. Can you imagine coming to, and you're just floating on top of a bunch of people? I would be like, I mean, it's probably better than being at the, being at the ground where their feet are. Yeah. Um, okay. So by this time, the Houston fire chief Mm -hmm. knows what's going on, knows about the crowd surge says it's coming from the sides and not really from the front and back. They expected surges from the front and back, but not necessarily the sides. I don't understand how you don't expect surges from the sides when the concert, um, stage is basically across, you know, it's like, why would people not go at all angles, whatever. Okay. Nine o'clock PM, the crowd surges as Travis Scott starts his set. People start passing out during the first song. Again, though, like we said, probably been standing there for seven hours. (laughs) Oh, hours, hours. And I don't know the weather in Texas, but I'm sure it's not that cool. Um, 9 14 PM, 15 minutes into the set, there's videos that are very graphic and I won't show them of people's bodies being pulled out of the crowd by security while Travis Scott is literally performing on the stage. Yeah. I've seen it's horrible. There's a video it's taken from looking at the stage. The man in front of the video person is being his basically lifeless body is being pulled out of the crowd by six grown heavy men. Um, and Travis is just singing. Um, that's bone chilling. (laughs) That is bone chilling. 9 30 PM reports of people hurt Houston fire sends extra help. Houston police says at 9 30 that they told the show's producers that people were going down in the crowd. Okay. So 9 30 PM, the police themselves say, that the producers are on notice that the crowd is going down. Ding, ding, ding. This is when the ambulance. Exactly. Exactly. Known or should have known. That's your that duty right there. Dangerous was taking place. Yeah. An ambulance 
makes its way through the crowd. And mm-hmm. that's what you were talking about where Travis stops. He does stop the concert at this point. What is that stops the concert? Oh, there's an ambulance. You can see in Kylie's now deleted, obviously Instagram story, a video of the ambulance trying mm-hmm. to get through the crowd. But of mm-hmm. course she deletes it. And he just is like, oh, there's an ambulance. Okay. Let the ambulance through. Did you see the video of the people that were on top of the ambulance dancing? Oh my gosh. Those people jumping, jumping on the medic cart that was trying to get through. And that's what I, that's exactly what you were talking about with the demographic Mm -hmm. of fans are just inherently rowdy. It's, it's what Travis wants. He literally wants people to rage and just be unnecessarily. Yeah. And I think too, like when you're in that mindset of raging at a concert, the last thing you in your mind is, I guess, thinking about other people. And of course this is just speculation, but you know, you're, you're looking to have a good time. And so if you see somebody passed out, it's like, that's not my problem. Unfortunately, like that's how some people, that's how some people think. And, you know, to be jumping up on top of an ambulance, rapping to the music, I'm sorry. That is despicable, yeah. disgusting. And that person I hope needs they have, to be I, in big ass trouble. I wouldn't trouble. say I hope they get in trouble, but I le- hope they've seen that video of themselves and they think I do. long and hard about the choices and decisions they've made in their life because it's appalling. Could you imagine seeing a video of your son coming out like or your daughter dancing on no, top of an ambulance? I would be Absolutely not. That was trying to get to someone. I would disown them immediately. They'd be up for adoption. Um, okay. So at 9 38 PM, a mass casualty event is declared. That's insane. Okay. 9 38. Um, the police said that they spoke to live nation and it was agreed between the police and live nation that the mm-hmm. show would stop. This is at 9.38 p.m., but did it stop? Okay, so then the concert continues. Some concert goers report two short pauses, but then there's a video of Travis Scott stopping the show and asking for help for a distressed person in the crowd. Like, he goes, yo, 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 like, we got somebody passed out. And it's like, okay, so again, here we have another example of somebody being put on notice, right? Mm-hmm. So Live Nation's on notice at this point, and 9.30, right. Travis Scott's well aware that people somebody has at least passed out, right? The police are on notice. A mass casualty events declared. Yes. Yes. You can hear the crowd screaming, help us help. People are dying. He says, what the fuck is that? And points to the ambulance. And there's videos of some, <laughs> my note, sorry, <laughs> some douchebags jumping on the top of the medic cart, which we had already talked about. And then this is the craziest part. He <sighs> is obviously aware of what's going on and then says, if everybody's good, put a middle finger up in the sky. And then you start seeing the crowd surge. Right. And, it, and then two men eventually come up on stage and start talking to him. And we don't know what is happening. We don't know what they're saying, but we would assume that these two people are putting them on notice. I'm a, the cops have probably come up to his management and said, we got to shut this down. Well, right. Cause at nine 38, they said, we got to wrap it up. We're done. But I, I will just like, Again, just thinking of all possibilities, like I do find it interesting that the police didn't say, look, I will give you two minutes to get off the stage. And if you are not off the stage, we are shutting this down. I agree with you. I have so much to say about that. 
Yeah. I so, don't, I don't understand how no, I would have just fucking unplugged this bitch. Like find yeah. the one extension cord. We are done. Turn on the lights. Yeah. And so then the two men are up there. Right. And then he starts playing the songs again. Yeah. And then the two guys who are on the stage then jump into the crowd. Right. It's like start crowd surfing into the area where the man was just pulled out who had passed out. Right. And I don't know when you were watching that video of when you were talking about the person being pulled out Mm -hmm. and being passed over to security, there's a video of this poor girl's face. She's very close to the gate Mm -hmm. where she looks back and she's just, you see the distress and I I'm hoping that she came out alive, but like, I I recommend everyone go find that video because you can see it in her face. She's like screaming because everyone's just pushing up against her right it's against insane. them and so um anyways so moving on so um two different in- individuals one male one female actually climbed up onto the stage and started telling the cameraman that people were dead and it's it's terrifying she goes up and she grabs the cameraman she tries to like grab the camera the guy's up on the ladder trying to get his attention and i don't fault the cameraman because again he is there to do his job. He probably doesn't know what's going on. And he's got two teenagers, two young 20 somethings on his, on his stage, trying to in some way stop a show. He he seems like they're trying to stop the show. And it's like, are we supposed to sit there and believe that this cameraman's supposed to believe whatever these people are saying? I don't know. Like, I don't well, think so. But you're also right on the stage and you have a bird's eye view. You're literally the cameraman. However, I did find the girl's Instagram who was telling the cameraman what was going on. Yeah. And she did a follow-up post where she said, Hey, leave the fucking cameraman alone yeah he, as soon like after that video cut she goes he realized what was going on and he started to help yeah so that's so okay, everyone he's off on the cameraman all right yeah, okay because that's what i was really because I, when i saw that video i was like this poor cameraman probably feels so guilty and is probably because yeah. he's he's just a normal had he, guy he had he he would have act. It's like, you never know how you would act or respond in mm-hmm. situations. And it's like, there's so much going on. How is, how is he to know that these two people were not on drugs, tripping exactly. out, making shit up? Exactly. You know, because it's like, I don't see anything else happening. Like right. what's going on, but okay. A little justice for the camera. Justice for the cameraman. No justice for Travis Scott. No. So then the males, the male is yelling at the camera to stop. So in the background, you can hear Travis again saying two fingers in the sky and starts to set this timing leads me to believe that this occurred immediately after or during and after Travis stopped the concert to point out the ambulance. Mm -hmm. So this is like, there's so many things happening at one time. And that's why I was really um, so thankful for all the people on TikTok because they put, obviously you can hear the audio on all of these videos and you can match up what was going on at each part of the stage. Like you can, in one video, hear the same audio of Travis standing on that ladder. Like you were talking about with people being pulled out, you know, exactly where he was. He was on the stage saying middle Mm -hmm. fingers in the sky. When people were like on the stage being like there, there are people dying. Well, and then we get to the point where the infamous video that comes out was like, yeah, yeah. Where he's doing the weird auto tune and robot. Yeah. He's well aware. You guys at this point, stuff is going on. Well aware. 
Um, and so the concert, the concert continues. And then I have a thing I want to kind of want to read from a woman who was in the crowd. It's just a little bit long. So I'll try my best to go quick. Her name's, um, Madeline and I'll put her handle in the bio. Um, this is what she said. I just left Astro World Festival. And let me say this as someone who has been to every Astro World Fest there's been, this was completely different. It was awful. I passed out because people were pushing up against me so much Ugh. I couldn't breathe. Sam got people to apparently crowd surf my unconscious body to the security guard. And I got carried to a little section behind general admission and put down on a stool thing. When I woke up, I had a water bottle in my lap and no clue what had happened. When I stood up, I looked around and people were getting carried out with eyes rolled back into their heads by security bleeding from their noses and mouth. I yelled, has anybody checked a pulse? The security guard frantic asked me to please help him. I checked two people's and one did not have a pulse. I told them I was an ICU nurse and the other security guard hearing that said, please come help us. He takes me to the part of the crowd behind general admission where I see three bodies sprawled out and people who I assume were medics and medical staff doing CPR. I immediately see there's not enough medics for this. So I relieve one medic of CPR. I ask where the Ambu bag is, where the AED is, where the stretcher and ambulance is, where the fuck any shit is. And they said, essentially, there is none. There's one Ambu bag, one stretcher and one AED for three. Now four people who are pulseless and blue. People from the crowd were trying to help. Teenagers are doing CPR, trying to help, but they're doing it incorrectly. And then I see there's other people doing CPR on people who still have a pulse because no one's done a pulse check. It was an absolute shit show. I lost Sam for, I don't even know how long, but the remainder of the concert, I was doing compressions, backing and helping move people to stretchers and checking pulses on new bodies as they got crowd surfed to where we were. People were trampled, crushed. There was no cell service to call for help. People were begging the crew operating the stage lights and stuff around us to stop the concert and they wouldn't. I'm so disappointed and sad. Finally, the cops showed up with more stretchers and started to get people out. But I know at least two individuals had been pulseless for 15 minutes minimum when they had gotten on a stretcher. That's terrible. Yeah, that's a thank God for her. And thank God for all the people, though, that also stepped in to help. Exactly. Um, It's like. Mr. Rogers says, look for the helpers. Yeah. So at this point, the concert is eventually stopped, correct? At around 10 o'clock. Well, after Drake comes on the stage. And does sicko mode, because God forbid. God forbid you don't come on stage and do sicko mode. Um, But yeah, uh, by the end of the 10-10, the performance stopped. And um, And you just think about every concert you've gone to. When does the performer perform their hit song the end exactly i know and so it was only gonna get worse there's no way people are saying that he cut the concert short i don't think he did well and here's the thing whether or not he cut the concert short have no fear travis scott and drake were at dave and buster's having a good old time after the concert good for them you know just like living it up and just living their best yeah lives. travis has agreed you know but he didn't know exactly didn't yeah know. sure lauren I he know. had no idea exactly um he, no idea. he agreed to pay the funeral costs of the eight now nine fans who have passed away and has partnered oh, this makes me sick Part- oh i know partnered up with better help for fans who need psychological assistance fuck off 
I know I'm disgusted with him, but um, so- I mean, that's the least you could do is pay for the funeral costs. Again, I think there's going to be a massive settlement that comes, but I'm interested to know more about his prior bad acts. Okay. Let me just go through these quickly okay. because I know you have to go in 2015. Travis pled guilty to charges of reckless conduct stemming from Lollapalooza. Guilty. Guilty. Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza. After he told concert goers to ignore barriers, ignore security, and come rage. He did the same thing in 2017 and incited a riot at a show in Arkansas. At a different show in 2015, Travis crowd surfed and a concert goer attempted to steal his shoe. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe he just the shoe came off and he encouraged him to attack the man and that the man that was attacked as a result of that was a juvenile exactly it wasn't even a man and the videos chilling of travis standing there screaming fuck him up fuck him up!" yeah it's crazy and people are beating the fuck out of this child it's it's disgusting um, 2018 Austin city limits. There was a surge where concert goers had no control of their bodies in 2017. This made me sick to my stomach in 2017. A man named Kyle green says that a crowd pushed him over a balcony railing at Manhattan's terminal five, leaving him partially paradise paralyzed. This occurred after Travis encouraged an other fan to jump off. I remember this. Yeah. It's in that Netflix show. Mm-hmm. Um, last 2019 Astro world, three people were hospitalized after being trampled when the gates opened. Hmm. Noner should have known. Interesting. Um, he encouraged people to come rage. He tweeted out that people broke their hands. It's not a show till someone passes out. Like he just loves that shit. Yeah. Um, Live Nation has a history of being dangerous. I mean, we have the Route 91 Harvest Festival in Vegas. I mean, Mm -hmm. you and I both know people who were there Mm -hmm. who are just absolutely traumatized. And I can guarantee you four sessions of BetterHelp would not have helped them. Um, 2019, a guitar, a journey guitarist filed against Live Nation because his wife was violently assaulted by a security guard for Live Nation. Um, just all kinds of things like. Yeah, which I mean, part of the complaints that are the lawsuits that have been brought against Live Nation. I mean, you're doing business with a big company. Where- things are going to happen. Exactly. And. And it's like a rowdy time, but you also, know, it's not I like we're going to the say, opera. Yeah, I, exactly. I would also say though, it doesn't look good when all your bad acts are really sa- safety related and not like, oh, they didn't yeah. pay my contract, Yeah, you know, um, by the way, well, people from route 91 are still waiting for their refunded tickets. That's not a good sign. Um, before we close, I do just want to briefly talk about the criminal side. Yes, please. Do. And there are possibilities that criminal charges will be brought. Like I said, the Houston police chief came out and said the criminal investigations open and active. The homicide units involved, the narcotics units involved, because there were the allegations that that security guard had been stuck with some type of drug. Mm-hmm. And there were also allegations that fentanyl was being passed around. Mm-hmm. And so I don't doubt that maybe a manslaughter charge may be brought mm-hmm. um, because again, it has to arise to this level of recklessness. 
Um, and it goes to show that like, or, and also I think it might be easy in this case to show that there was a complete disregard for, for people's safety, a complete disregard. I agree. Um, yeah, I, and here's my opinion. I don't think we should have standing room only concerts anymore. I think we've all lost that privilege. Um, nobody knows how to act and everybody gets a chair now. I mean, honestly, that's the way it should be. Yeah. There should be little cubbies. And it should be like a VIP front row situation. Everything else. Exactly. You got to see. Exactly. Um, Do you have any criminal behavior, by the way? Yes, I absolutely do. Last night I was subjected to one of the most ridiculous group texts. Oh, no. So my criminal behavior is group texts with old people, mostly family members who loop in 25 people from your family. And some of those people have Android. So the text messages come in, in like five different. And you can't leave. And then I can't leave. And then people are responding because the photo came in one text. And then the group chat is in another text. And then somebody responds and said, did you send a photo? And then somebody else says, wait, I didn't get a photo. Yeah, I sent it. You guys, my phone was like, I would have thrown it when I worked till like nine o'clock last night. Oh my God. And I was just, and I love my family so much, but Holy crap. Rain it in y'all get an iPhone. What's yours? Okay. My, or like put on an email chain. Okay. Mine is Jake Gyllenhaal and whatever the fuck he did to Taylor Swift. Girl, I just listened to all too well. Oh my God. The 10 minute version. I, it was all I could play in my head. Fuck the patriarchy. You guys fuck it. I just want to say too, well, and really quickly, people are giving shit to Maggie Gyllenhaal because they wanted the scarf to be returned. But in this song, if you listen to it, it says the scarf I left at your sister's house, but you probably have in your drawer still. Exactly. It's like, no, the scarf isn't at Maggie's house. No. Real Swifties. No, it's in the drawer. He smells yeah. it. Please. <laughs> but anyways, that's our episode. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. I'm off to San Diego. San Diego. Have fun, Cash. Bye. Bye.